of chapter 24, verses 1 through 14. Of Catina Aria, commentary on the four Gospels collected out of the works of the Fathers by St. Thomas Aquinas. The CBRVOX recording is in the public domain. Chapter 24, verses 1 and 2. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Origin. Christ, when he had foretold all that should come upon Jerusalem, went forth out of the temple. He who, while he was in it, had upheld the temple, that it should not fall. And so each man, being the temple of God, by reason of the Spirit of God dwelling in him, is himself the cause of his being deserted, that Christ should depart from him. It is worthy of note how they show him the buildings of the temple, as though he had never seen them. We reply that when Christ had foretold the destruction that should come upon the temple, his disciples were amazed at the thought that so magnificent buildings should be utterly ruined. And therefore they show them to him to move him to pity, that he would not do what he had threatened. And because the constitution of human nature is wonderful, being made the temple of God, the disciples and the rest of the saints confessing the wonderful working of God in respect of the forming of men, intercede before the face of Christ, that he would not forsake the human race for their sins. Urbanus. The historical sense is clear that in the 42nd year after the Lord's Passion, the city and temple were overthrown under the Roman emperors Vespasian and Titus. Rigmigius. So it was ordained of God that as soon as the light of grace was revealed, the temple with its ceremonies should be taken out of the way, lest any weakening in the faith beholding all the things instituted of the Lord and hallowed by the prophets, yet abiding, might be gradually drawn away from the purity of the faith to a carnal Judaism. Chrysostom. How means he this, that one stone shall not be left upon another, either as conveying the notion of its utter overthrow, or with respect to the place in which it stood, for its parts were broken up to its very foundations. But I would add that after the fate it underwent, the most captious might be satisfied that its very fragments have perished. Jerome, figuratively, when the Lord departed from the temple, all the buildings of the law and the structure of the commandments were so overthrown that none of them could be fulfilled by the Jews. But the head being taken away, all the parts were at war among themselves. Jerome. Every man also, who, by taking into him the word of God, is become a temple, if, after sinning, he yet retains, in part, the traces of faith and religion. His temple is, in part, destroyed, and, in part, standing. But he who, after sin, has no regard for himself, is gradually alienated, until he has altogether forsaken the living God. And so one stone is not left upon another of God's commandments, which he has not thrown down. Verses 3 through 5. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Rigmigius. The Lord, continuing his walk, arrives at Mount Olivet, having, by the way, foretold the destruction of the temple to those disciples who had shown and commended the buildings. When they had reached the mount, they came to him, asking him further of this. 
Chrysostom. They asked him in private because there were great things about which they were going to ask him. They wished to know the day of his coming for the vehement desire they had to see his glory. Jerome. They asked him three things. First, the time of the destruction of Jerusalem, saying, Tell us when these things shall be. Secondly, the time of Christ's coming, saying, And what shall be the sign of thy coming? Thirdly, the time of the consummation of this world, saying, And of the end of the world. Chrysostom. Luke speaks of one inquiry, that concerning Jerusalem, as though the disciples supposed that Christ's coming should be then, and the end of the world should be when Jerusalem should be destroyed, whereas Mark does not state them all to have asked concerning the destruction of Jerusalem, but Peter, James, John, and Andrew, as having more bold and free speech with Christ. Origin, I think Mount Olivet to be a mystery of the church out of the Gentiles. Rigmigius, for Mount Olivet has no unfruitful trees but olives, which supply light to dispel darkness, which give rest to the weary, health to the sick, and sitting on Mount Olivet over against the temple, the Lord discourses of its destruction and the destruction of the Jewish nation, that even by his choice of situation, he might show that, abiding still in the church, he condemns the pride of the wicked. Origin. For the husbandman dwelling on Mount Olivet is the word of God confirmed in the church, that is, Christ, whoever grafts the branches of the wild olive on the good olive tree of the fathers. They who have confidence before Christ seek to learn the sign of the coming of Christ and of the consummation of this world, and the coming of the word into the soul is of two sorts. The first is that foolish preaching concerning Christ when we preach that Christ was born and crucified. The second is coming in perfect men, concerning which it is said, We speak wisdom among them that are perfect. And to this second coming is added the end of the world in the perfect man to whom the world is crucified. Hilary. And because the questions of the disciples are threefold, they are separated by different times and meanings that concerning the destruction of the city is first answered, and is then confirmed by truth of doctrine, that no seducer might prevail with the ignorant. Chrysostom, his first answer is neither concerning the destruction of Jerusalem, nor concerning his second coming, but concerning the evils which were to be immediately encountered. Jerome, one of them of whom he speaks, was Simon of Samaria, of whom we read in the Acts of the Apostles, that he gave himself out to be the great power, leaving these things written in his works. Among others, I am the word of God, I am the Almighty, I am all things of God. The Apostle John, also in his epistle, he have heard that Antichrist shall come. Even now there are many Antichrists. I suppose all heresies to be Antichrists, and under the name of Christ to teach those things which are contrary to Christ. No wonder if we see some led away by such teachers, when the Lord has said, and shall deceive many. Origin. They that are deceived are many, because wide is the gate that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. This one thing is enough to detect the antichrists and seducers, that they shall say, I am Christ, which Christ himself is nowhere read to have said. For the works of God, and the word which he taught, and his power, were enough to produce belief that he is the Christ. For every discourse which professes to expound Scripture faithfully and has not the truth is Antichrist. For the truth is Christ, 
that which feigns itself to be the truth is antichrist. So also all virtues are Christ. All that feigns itself to be virtue is antichrist. For Christ has in himself, in truth, all manner of good for the edification of men. But the devil has forged resemblances of the same for the deceiving of the saints. We have need, therefore, of God to help us, that none deceive us, neither word nor power. It is a bad thing to find anyone erring in his course of life. But I esteem it much worse not to think according to the most true rule of Scripture. Verses 6 through 8. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye not be troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Augustine. To this inquiry of the disciples the Lord makes answer, declaring all things which were to come to pass from that time forwards, whether relating to the destruction of Jerusalem, which had given occasion to their inquiry, or to his coming through the church, in which he ceases not to come to the end of time, for he is acknowledged as coming among his own, while his new members are daily born to him, or relating to the end itself when he shall appear to judge the quick and the dead. When then he describes the signs which shall attend these three events, we must carefully consider which signs belong to which events, lest perchance we refer to one that which belongs to another. Chrysostom, here he speaks of battles which should be fought at Jerusalem, when he says, Ye shall hear wars and rumors of wars. Origen, to hear the shouts raised in battles is to hear wars. To hear rumors of wars is to hear accounts of wars raged afar off. Chrysostom. And because this might alarm the disciples, he continues, See that ye be not troubled. And because they supposed that the end of the world would follow immediately after the war in which Jerusalem should be destroyed, he corrects their suspicions concerning this. These things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Jerome. That is, think not that the day of judgment is at hand, but that it is reserved against another time the sign of which is plainly put in what follows. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. Rabanus. Or this is a warning to the apostles not to flee from Jerusalem and Judea in terror of these things, when they should begin to come upon them, because the end was not immediately, but the desolation of the province and the destruction of the city and temple should not come until the fortieth year. And we know that most grievous woes which spread over the whole province, fell out to the very letter, Chrysostom, and to show that he also should fight against the Jews, he tells them not only of wars, but of calamities inflicted by providence. And there shall be pestilences and famines and earthquakes in diverse places. Rabanus, nation shall rise against nation, shows the disquietude of men's minds. Pestilences, the affliction of their bodies, famines, the barrenness of the soil, earthquakes in diverse places, wrath from heaven above, Chrysostom, and these things shall not happen according to the order of nature before established among men, but shall come of wrath from heaven. And therefore he said not that they should come only, or come suddenly, but add significantly, these all are the beginnings of troubles, that is, of the Jewish troubles, origin, or otherwise, as the body sickens before the death of man, so it must needs be that before the consummation of this world 
the earth should be shaken as though it were palsied with frequent earthquakes the air should gather a deadly quality and become pestilential and that the vital energy of the soil should fail and its fruits wither and by consequence of this scarcity men are stirred up to robbery and war and because war and strife arise sometimes from covetousness and sometimes from desire of power and empty glory of these which shall happen before the end of the world a yet deeper cause shall be assignable for as christ's coming brought through his divine power peace to diverse nations so it shall be on the other hand that when iniquity shall abound the love of many shall wax cold and god in his christ shall desert them war shall be again when actions which beget wars are not hindered by holiness and hostile powers when they are not restrained by the saints and by christ shall work unchecked in the hearts of men stirring up nation against nation and kingdom against kingdom but if as some will have it famine and pestilence are from the angels of satan these shall then gather might from opposite powers when the salt of the earth and the lights of the world christ's disciples shall be no longer destroying those things which the malice of demons hatches oft times in israel famines and pestilences were caused by sin and removed by the prayers of the saints well is that said in diverse places for god will not destroy the whole race of men at once but judging them in portions he gives opportunity of repentance but if some stop be not put to these evils in their commencement they will progress to worse as it follows these all are the beginnings of sorrows that is sorrows common to the whole world and those which are to come upon the wicked who shall be tormented in most sharp pains jerome figuratively kingdom rising against kingdom and pestilence of that discourse which spreadeth as a plague spots and hunger of hearing the word of god and commotion throughout the earth and separation from the true faith may be rather understood of the heretics who fighting among themselves give the victory to the church origin this must come to pass before we can see the perfection of that wisdom which is in christ but not yet shall be that end which we seek for a peaceful end is far from those men jerome these all are the beginnings of sorrows is better understood of pains of labor as it were the conception of the coming of antichrist and not of the birth verses nine through fourteen then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and ye shall be hated of all nations for in my name's sake and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many and because iniquity shall abound the love of many shall wax cold but he that shall endure to the end the same shall be saved and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations and then shall the end come Rabanus, for that what desert so many evils are to be brought upon jerusalem and the whole jewish province the lord shows when he adds then shall they deliver you up etc chrysostom or otherwise the disciples when they heard these things which were spoken of jerusalem might suppose that they should be beyond reach of harm as though what they now heard was the sufferings of others while they themselves should meet with nothing but prosperous times he therefore announces the grievous things which should befall them putting them in fear for themselves first he had bid them to be on guard against the acts of false teachers 
he now foretells to them the violence of tyrants. In good season he thus introduces their own woes, as here they will receive consolation from the common calamities. And he held out to them not this comfort only, but also that of the cause for which they should suffer, showing that it was for his name's sake. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Origin. But how should the people of Christ be hated by the nations who dwelt in the uttermost parts of the earth? But one may perhaps say that, in this place, all is but hyperbolically for many. But this that he says, then shall they deliver you, presents some difficulty. For before these things the Christians were delivered to tribulation. To this it may be answered, that at that time the Christians shall be more delivered to tribulation than ever. And persons in any misfortune love to examine in the origin of them, and to talk about them. Hence, when the worship of the gods shall be almost deserted by reason of the multitude of Christians, it will be said that that is the cause of the wars and famines and pestilences, and of the earthquakes also they will say that the Christians are the cause, whence the persecution of the churches. Chrysostom, having named two sources of opposition, that from seducers and that from enemies, he adds a third, that from false brethren. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. See Paul bewailing these same things. Without were fightings, within were fears, and in another place, in perils among false brethren, of whom he says, Such are false apostles, deceitful workers. Rigmigius. As the capture of Jerusalem approached, many rose up, calling themselves Christians, and deceived many. Such Paul calls false brethren. John Antichrists. Hilary, such was Nicolaus, one of the seven deacons, who led astray many by his pretenses, and Simon Magus, who, armed with diabolical works and words, perverted many by false miracles. Chrysostom, and he adds what is still more cruel, that such false prophets shall have no alleviation in charity, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Rigmigius, that is, true love towards God and our neighbor, in proportion as each surrenders himself to iniquity. In that proportion will the flame of charity in his heart be extinguished. Jerome. Observe, he says, the love of many, not of all, for in the apostles and those like them, love would continue. As Paul speaks, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Rigmigius. Whoso shall endure unto the end, i.e. to the end of his life, for whoso to the end of his life shall persevere in the confession of the name of Christ and in love, he shall be saved. Chrysostom. Then that they should not say, How then shall we live among so many evils? He promises not only that they should live, but that they should teach everywhere. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. Rigmigius. For the Lord knew that the hearts of the disciples would be made sad by the destruction of Jerusalem an overthrow of their nation, and he therefore comforts them with the promise that more of the Gentiles should believe than of the Jews should perish. Chrysostom, that before the taking of Jerusalem, the gospel was preached everywhere. Hear what Paul says. Their sound is gone out into all the world, and see himself traveling from Jerusalem into Spain. And if one had so large a province, think how much all must have done. Whence, writing to certain, he says of the gospel, it bears fruits and increases in every creature under heaven. And this is the strongest proof of Christ's power, that in thirty years 
or a little more, the word of the gospel filled the ends of the earth. Though the gospel was preached everywhere, yet all did not believe. Whence he adds, for a witness unto all nations, an accusation, that is, of such as believe not, they who have believed bearing witness against them that believe not, and condemning them. And in fit season did Jerusalem fall, namely, after the gospel had been preached throughout the world, as it follows, and then shall the consummation come, i.e. the end of Jerusalem. For they who have seen Christ's power shining forth everywhere, and in a brief space spread over the whole world, what mercy did they deserve when they continued still in ingratitude? Rigmigius. But the whole passage might be referred to the end of the world. For then shall many be offended, and depart from the faith, when they see the numbers and wealth of the wicked, and the miracles of Antichrist, and they shall persecute their brethren. And Antichrist shall send false prophets, who shall deceive many. Iniquity shall abound, because the number of the wicked shall be increased. And love shall wax cold, because the number of the good shall diminish. Jerome. And the sign of the Lord's second coming is, that the gospel shall be preached in all the world, so that all may be without excuse. Origin. And that ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, might be then applied thus that indeed at this time all nations are conspired together against the christians but that when the things foretold by christ shall come to pass then there shall be persecutions not as before in places but everywhere against the people of god augustine but that this preaching the gospel of the kingdom in all the world was accomplished by the apostles we have not any certain evidence to prove there are numberless barbarous nations in africa among whom the gospel is not even yet preached as it is easy to learn from the prisoners who are brought from thence. But it cannot be said that these have no part in the promise of God. For God promised with an oath, not to the Romans only, but to all nations to the seed of Abraham. But in whatever nation there is no church established, it must needs be that there should be one. Not that all people should believe, for how then should that be fulfilled? Ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake, unless there be in all nations those who hate and those who are hated. That preaching, therefore, was not accomplished by the apostles, while as yet there were nations among whom it had not begun to be fulfilled. The words of the apostle also, Their sound hath gone out into all the world, though expressed as of time past are meant to apply to something future, not as yet completed. As the prophet whose words he quotes, said that the gospel bore fruit and grew in the whole world, to show thereby to what extent its growth should come. If then we know not when it shall be that the whole world shall be filled with the gospel, undoubtedly we know not when the end shall be, but it shall not be before such time. Origin. When every nation shall have heard the preaching of the gospel, then shall come the end of the world. For at this time there are many nations, not of the barbarians only, but of her own who have not yet learned the word of Christianity. Gloss. But it is possible to maintain both applications of the passage, if only we will take this diffusion of gospel preaching in a double sense. If we understand it of fruit produced by the preaching, and the foundation in every nation of a church of believers in Christ, as Augustine in the passage quoted above expounds it, then it is a sign which ought to precede the end of the world and which did not precede the destruction of Jerusalem. But if we understand it of the fame of their preaching, when it was accomplished before the destruction of Jerusalem, 
when Christ's disciples had been dispersed over the four quarters of the earth. Whence Jerome says, I do not suppose that there remained any nation which knew not the name of Christ. For where a preacher had never been, some notion of the faith must have been communicated by neighboring nations. Origin. Morally, he who shall see that glorious second coming of the word of God into his soul must needs suffer in proportion to the measure of his proficiency assaults of opposing influences. And Christ in him must be hated by all, not only by the nations literally understood, but by the nations of spiritual vices. And in such inquiries there will be few who shall reach the truth with any fullness. The more part shall be offended and fall therefrom, betraying and accusing one another because of their disagreement respecting doctrines, which shall give rise to a mutual hatred. Also, there shall be many setting forth unsound words concerning things to come, and interpreting the prophets in a manner in which they ought not. These are the false prophets who shall deceive many, and who shall cause to wax cold that fervor of love which was before in the simplicity of the faith. But he who can abide firmly in the apostolic tradition, he shall be saved, and the gospel being preached to the minds of all shall be for the testimony of all nations, that is, to all the unbelieving thoughts of the soul. End of chapter 24, verses 1 through 14.